Hello, I'm Liz Dunbar and I'm here with Tim Burnage, subject leader for music at Huntington. Hello. Uh, Ian Wilson, subject leader for music technology at Huntington. Hello. And we're joined by a special guest this week, uh, Buffy Breakwell, who is not only our piano teacher at Huntington, but also runs two of our choirs and big band. Hello. Cool. So what we thought today, um, as we've got Buffy with us, we would just talk about um, the importance of uh, visiting music teachers to a school music department. And we're really aware that uh, lots of departments around the country do this uh, in different ways. So we can only really talk about our experience. Um, Our model at Huntington is that we have um, seven or eight um, self-employed music teachers who we give a space to each week and we put them in touch um, with uh, students that are interested in learning um, and they take it from there really um, but over the years we've built um, what we hope are really um, good working relationships with our um, visiting music teachers um, and we just thought it'd be good to chat with Buffy today um, and just find out a little bit more. So first of all then um, why do you think you need visiting music teachers in your department? I, like, I've always looked at this as in a really s- simple way, really. Um, we're here to educate key people in uh, music. And one of the biggest ways that we can do that is by introducing kids to instruments. And I don't play all the instruments. Um, so I can't teach anybody how to play a French horn or a trombone or a piccolo or um, anything that I don't play. Um, so we obviously need some expertise in to do that. And um, the variety is really important because we want to offer as many kids, uh, as many opportunities to learn instruments and as many different instruments as possible. Um, so that's why we always need a, a breadth of uh, instrumental offer. Um, and as a parent, um, it's really hard work actually getting your kids to all different things outside of school time. Um, the schedule of having three kids in that need to be in lots of different places, um, all at the different times of the evening and afternoon and weekend and all those sorts of things, means that actually if these things can happen at school, that is a um, massive booster um, to, to parents. If there's good quality tuition happening in schools, um, that's a great thing really. Um, so yeah, for all of those reasons, um, and also if we want thriving GCSE and A-level um, courses, then we need kids playing things. Um, and we've already talked about kind of in a different podcast how playing instruments isn't completely necessary at GCSE, but obviously it's a great route through for lots of students. So loads of reasons why you would want to have um, a thriving instrumental tuition uh, programme. Have I missed anything, Buffy? No, I think that's right. I think that's, uh, I think having instrumental lessons working completely integrate with the whole department so that they do happen in the day and we are teaching from the same you know pool of students as it were I think if you can make it all work together I think that's the ideal situation cool I think it's really nice as well when the department's filled with sound. I love walking down the corridor and there's eight rooms with sound and there's people practising and there's people having tuition. And it's really nice to be able to, even students who you're teaching music to in the classroom, you hear them in an instrumental lesson or a vocal lesson and you hear and see them in a different light. And it's really nice to stick your head around the door and go... Great, and actually gives a little bit of positive feedback to students. Just just on the hoof, a couple of seconds, um, and it, it lifts my spirits when I go past lots of rooms of sound. So in a very, very busy 
um, energetic music department, how do you make sure that you're looking after your visiting music teachers? What can you do to make sure that they're firing on all cylinders? <laughs> <laughs> well, that'd be a good one for you, I think, Buffy. Like, how do you <clears throat> feel we look after you at Huntington? I think that most visiting music teachers will have had the experience at some point of teaching instrumental lessons at school where they go in, they teach possibly a small number of students and they see only them and then they leave and then they come back the next week and they don't really see many other people in the department. They don't really see any other kids. Um, It it can be quite an isolating job. It's brilliant while you're teaching, but it, it can be... It can be quite lonely if you just come in and you don't, you know, it feels quite, you can feel quite separated or quite isolated. What I love about being here is that's literally the opposite of how I feel. (laughs) I come in and, I mean, I am in three days a week all day, which means that I am in a lot. But the reason that I'm in a lot is because uh, I think I do feel like part of the department and I see the same kids in lots of different situations. So as well as seeing them in my piano lessons, I will also see them in choirs and I'll see them in bands and I'll see them in their music lessons, classroom lessons, and um, then I'll see them in the bigger things, you know, like the performances and things. And I think you then, the whole thing starts to join up. So all the stuff you're doing with them in piano, you in, in their piano lessons, you then see that how they're using that to become musicians. Mm, I really like that. And they don't all go on and join choirs and do that, you know, not all of them. However... I mean, you know, as soon as they're having instrumental lessons, they are part of the music department family immediately. And I do think it has a it has a kind of knock on effect, which is why I don't just I I mean, I never just come in and go in my room and then (laughs) go home again. You know, I'm always I get to see lots of people. I get to chat to lots of students doing lots of different things as well as the piano lessons, which I think is a completely different experience to how lots of visiting music teachers probably spend quite a lot of their working day, actually. Mm. I love how confused the students are about your role in school. <laughs> you know I mean? They're like, does she, does she teach here? How does she, does she work full-time? Does she not work? <laughs> That's good, yeah. though, isn't it? It's great. The fact that it's blurred is beautiful because then it does mean that it's integrated into well, how the department works. Absolutely. And I, my view has always been, you know, we, you know we're, I guess in lots of ways we're a relatively big a kind of music department there's four teachers that work here but I've always just thought actually uh, um, one way that we can expand our team is just by taking the other music teachers that work here and making them feel a part of what what we do so mm. you know we often talk about the team being kind of 11 or 12 people um, because that th- these are all the these are all the people that are educating uh, kind of our students in music throughout the week so the more we can talk the more we can communicate um the better the service we can offer i think it's nice to have that you know the integration of when you are doing stuff in the classroom where you're training say through oral skills or improvisation or a whole host of things where instead of instrumental teaching being separate it's an integrated part and you're having those conversations where you you know that your instrumental teachers are kind of feeding into, let's say, where, like the performance stuff we were marking today, um, them knowing th- uh, when those things are happening rather than, you know, students won't tell you. They'll say, oh, yeah, tomorrow I've got a performance exam and it's too late. But if you know what's going on in the departments plenty in advance, you know you can kind of work up to, towards those things. And knowing that things like 
um, like oral trainings happening as part of, say, instrumental tuition, as well as it being part of the classroom, it then kind of doubles your opportunities to improve student skills. And it's quite interesting when you talk to the kids who, <clears throat> when they're just about to start GCSE, especially if you've had them as a, a piano student or any instrumental from year seven, and then they get to year nine and then... They start year 10 and they've done a lot of this stuff in classroom music, but when they get to GCSE particularly, they suddenly realise the extra knowledge or the extra familiarity that they've got with a lot of this stuff because they've been having, you know, tw twice as much music or mm, whatever it is. They've had mm, extra input mm. the whole time. So a lot of things which it's not, you know, they say they have learned them in classroom music, but suddenly it's something which they're talking with me about every week. And I sometimes think they're surprised by their own, <laughs> how much more knowledge they have, they particularly reflected on or analysed. But they get to GCSE and they go, oh, I actually know quite a lot from having instrumental lessons. But I didn't, they don't always connect it, I don't think, until they get sometimes, you know, to those higher level. I think it's partly to groups. do with the way you teach as well. So, you know, not everyone will teach in such a kind of rounded way. But I think when students come through you, we know that you haven't just done the dots and passed the exams. There's a richer musical experience going on, and that's a really important part of students' learning. But it is that thing of, like you were saying, that joined-up thinking where, like, Year 12s the other day, I was really challenging them to think about like the difference between harmonic and melodic minor and why are they called what they're called and all of a sudden through the harmony they saw for the first time the point as to why you would call them these things because we will look at part leading in the alto and tenor parts of harmony and going do you want to sing that no you don't want to sing that why do you think so and then we talked about the horizontal and vertical lines but that's part of kind of what you bring to their learning as well and I went isn't it ah now you understand why you need your scales now I get it because you've got that bigger picture it's not just because in an exam someone wants to torture you with a row of notes type of thing there yeah. is a point to all this stuff <laughs> are there practical things that uh, we do that are helpful and make you feel looked after um, I think well I think one of the things is just working out how you can use each of our different strengths and can you bring that into uh, different parts of the department the fact that I'm running three different ensembles using different areas of kind of my expertise as it were but it's not just me the other you know we've got lots of different visiting music teachers running woodwind ensembles or string ensembles or whatever it is and I think um, especially if you if you're teaching one-on-one -on -one all day sometimes it's actually really nice to just move that out and uh, uh, you know into into ensembles bigger ensembles smaller ones whatever it is um, and I think what you do really well is you always work with this but actually if I say to you I've got this really great idea to do we'll, with the choir. We'll do that alone. You, yeah, you know, you don't <laughs> yeah. go, no, yeah. sorry. You know, you, I mean, you might too if it's a really bad idea, <laughs> yeah. but you will at least listen to my suggestion. So it's not, it's not you f kind of farming us out to do your, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a completely collaborative, yeah. uh, I think this will be a good thing to do. What do you reckon? Yes, no, this might work. Let's put these two together, whatever it is. And that definitely does, it makes you feel like more of a, that you're doing more of a job than just, you know, teaching the kids one-on-one -on -one, you're actually kind of using your <laughs> wider musical skills and, and wider teaching skills as well yeah um, which is great that's I love it I find that like talking to instrumental teachers as well will just lift me during the day because you know like if we're all in our classrooms we may not get to see each other that much but if you can just have another conversation with another musician it will you know really commonly just lift how you're feeling about things and hearing somebody else's perspective on various bits and pieces well a couple of years ago i was in the position where i was the only 
only music teacher up here on a Thursday afternoon. Yeah. So I had the whole department to myself, apart from um, one of the one of the, one of the visiting music teachers was in, and it was always really nice to know actually if you know I do start throwing up or something kind of like that. Actually, there's somebody there's somebody <laughs> local. Do you know what, what I mean? Like, something goes wrong. Collapse in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for that. Uh, but yeah, but actually, it's, it's it's nice just to know there's someone nearby. Do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah. Can I tell you something which I think that you do really well here, which I'm not sure um, always happens, is that you are really active in seeking out kids who might want instrumental lessons but may not know they want instrumental lessons, by which I mean you will come to me and say, I've got this student in this class who I think has got real potential. They haven't learned anything yet. They may not want to. Let's follow it up together. And it's a real... It's brilliant for me because it means I'm not totally reliant on just, you know, kind of strangers getting in touch. And actually, sometimes there are lots of ways of getting these kids, have, you know, letting them have access to music lessons, which they may not even have realised is an option or maybe they have and they just haven't got around to whatever it is. But I think the fact that you kind of through various methods, whether it's um, doing questionnaires or surveys or just observation in classrooms or whatever it is very often there's a there's a route from from you to me to get students to me and to the other visiting music teachers as well which is brilliant because it it just it it's kind of cements that whole joined up thing it's not just me recruiting it's you finding students here and finding a teacher for them to kind of make that happen, if mm. you if you know what I mean. Mm. Sometimes we'll even bring them to your door, won't uh, we? I mean, literally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let me introduce you. Yeah. No, but it's brilliant because because sometimes sometimes they are students who just for whatever reason haven't found that route yet, and sometimes it takes until secondary school until they actually um, are, are you know in a position or or I don't know you you can see something in them that makes you kind of direct them to me which I think is I think that's really fundamental to the way that this department works actually I've always sort of worked along the principle that um, I imagine there's more people that would learn an instrument if somebody gave them the kind of the opportunity to do so mm. do you know what I mean so one of the things we do is we ask regularly do you know what I mean and I also think there's there's really useful things like the the fact that you're one of the York Music Hub approved tutors is really helpful because that means actually for Students where there's affordability issues, sometimes we can get bursaries through them. Yeah. Um, you know, we sometimes find students with um, with interest to EHCPs or people premium students, and we use funding for them as well, which is which is kind of um, brought more students to you in the past. But that's always really gratifying when they kind of when they come on, and it's it's wonderful. Uh, like we always reckon you're. The visiting music teachers are some of our top recruiters for GCSE. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Which which massively massively helps out. Do you know what I mean? So. And you see that as well with students that will stay with you. So you will ha- you can teach a student for seven years and that tells you an awful lot about the quality of what's going on as well and that students are making progress and parents are really happy. Well, I think as well, I mean, I've just said about the ensemble stuff, but of course the flip side of that is that I get the most brilliant job of seeing these kids, yeah, sometimes from 11 to 18. I mean, one-on-one, once a week... I mean that's just that's just amazing. You don't there are you know you don't get that opportunity that often, um, and sometimes they might go from I don't know grade one to grade eight. Sometimes they go to grade four. Sometimes they don't do any grades at all. But you see them change and grow and all that stuff. And lots of them do go on and do GCSE and A level, and some of them don't. But it's absolutely brilliant to just get that kind of connection with them every week. And the fact is, if they come, you know, if they 
if they continue to come for music lessons, you know that they are getting something out of it, which either feeds into what they're doing in their other subjects, music, whatever, or it doesn't. And that's absolutely great too, because that means that they're finding something outside of the other stuff that's going on that means they still want to come up and spend half an hour, 45 minutes, whatever it is, a week, just thinking about and learning about and and just enjoying and immersing themselves in music. Either way, win-win. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Right, well, thank you, Buffy, for joining us on this week's podcast. Uh, you And thank you for listening, if indeed you are. <laughs> you can find our full series on all major streaming sites. And, of course, you can find out more at our home, which is huntschoolmusic.com. Speak to you next time. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye.